Elsie Awusu, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Global Water Initiative, Implications of Climate Change and Variability on African Water Resources uh, podcast series today. We're at the three-day conference at Downing uh, College at Cambridge University. I know that your field of interest is very much environmental climate change and the built environment. What projects have you been working on and why? Um, we've done recently some very interesting research on climate data and collection of climate data, um, going right to the source of um, the, the, the process of collection to the people with um, the machines in the villages um, to see how they collect the data and the methods they use. Um, we've done some very interesting research on waste electronic and electrical equipment imported into Ghana from the UK and other places in Europe and how those are then disassembled and the environmental problems that they threaten to cause. And we're also doing um, a very important and interesting project with an organic farm in Ghana, just north of Accra. And and how do these projects help to give us a clearer picture of of what's happening with uh, climate change in in Africa, a vast continent, and, and, you know, how that impacts on us through the built environment? Well, the the purpose of Just Ghana is to concentrate on one country in a vast continent and to look at specific problems, um, identify specific problems in Ghana and to see how those problems are replicated across the continent and how um, we might create projects which might be um, not just a Ghanaian solution but an African solution. And what type of problems do you think you might be encountering, do you think need delving into more? Well, um, if we take forestry, for instance, there's a great deal of environmental degradation um, that is happening not because people are doing willfully um, neglecting the environment, but just because um, the imperatives of just day-to-day living mean that people aren't focusing on preservation of the habitat. Um, when you're very poor and you're really just wanting to look after your family and keep people healthy, it's quite, it's co- quite often very easy to neglect um, the environment as a whole. And so what we're trying to do is to bring attention to the environment and how forestry, for instance, might affect fishing and how um, the um, farming practices might be um, making environmental degradation worse to local people um, rather than to government or to um, um, civil service. Are these initiatives about thinking globally, indeed, we're at a a global international conference today, but acting locally, thinking of the small-scale projects at a town level that might make the difference? Yes, you're quite right. These projects are about what local people can teach Um, the world as a whole. So, for instance, our our farming project, our forestry project, we're working with an extraordinary um, environmentalist called Mr. Dansel, who has been um, farming organically all his life. Hasn't called it organic farming, but that's what it is, and has now been recognised internationally as a visionary person who has something to teach the world. So it's going to Mr. Dancer's farm, bringing people to see him and allowing him to um, spread the message that he has through um, the resources that we can bring. 
And in, in terms of your data and uh, collecting your data, you said you hoped that that might be relevant to, to other countries in Africa uh, outside of, of Ghana uh, too. But, but is it too bold to talk of solutions or is it just chip, chip, chipping away at the problem to find different routes uh, to make our climate more sustainable? Well, we don't want to create a sort of one-size-fits-all solution because, as you understand, with 53 countries and over a billion people, it's very difficult to say this is an African solution. But what we can do is identify um, commonalities um, between um, one African culture and another African culture. For instance, the use of storytelling as a means of conveying messages. And that, I think we can say, is something which is, um, which is common to lots of African countries. Um, and the fact that arts are seen as part of everyday life, whether it's storytelling or painting or pottery or the making of fabrics, um, these are all things which, although the end product itself may not be the same, the process is quite often similar in lots of different cultures. So it's picking up those messages and picking up those possibilities and seeing how they can be um, not, not exactly um, replicated um, in an identical way, but how the methodology can transfer from one culture to another. Now, you've been very much interested personally in the built environment, have you? haven't you? And I know there's lots of talk of the huge impact of the built environment on climate t- change too, just the buildings that we live in. Are, are you working on that in terms of a, a particular Ghanaian solution as well? Well, we are looking at, um, at the moment, we're looking at a project on... Um, on a lagoon in very close to the city centre, which is extremely polluted. And um, we're trying to come up with um, a design, with a master plan, which allows for the preservation of the lagoon, the cleaning up of the lagoon, the um, re-establishment of the relationship between the lagoon and the sea, um, as well as developing um, facilities which make the preservation of the lagoon commercially viable. It's a bit of a tall order, but I think we're moving towards some, some ideas which will allow that to happen. And in doing that, we're bringing to, bringing to the process some lessons that have been learned in the US and particularly in Holland. Now, it's very easy to think, well, you know, the whole nature of, of global, global climate shift, you know, flooding droughts, um, the very many different approaches that people have to solving the problems of sustainability in the planet. It's very easy to give up, isn't it, just to think, I can't make a difference. And yet what we see here at this conference is activism. And in your own case, you are an activist. Indeed, you have an OBE. Um, I'm not entirely sure that OBEs are given for activism. But yes, I I mean, I take that point. Um, I think um, the interesting thing about this conference is the huge diversity of the cultures of people who are attending here. I mean, we've got scientists and technologists and um, politicians coming from all parts of the world um, to bring their attention to the emergency of climate change. And I think that's the interesting thing about it is that climate change is viewed as an emergency and therefore people are putting aside competitive instincts and collaborating to come up with new solutions and they're certainly not giving up.
So the different approaches don't matter. What matters is that everybody's working towards the same goal, sustainability and the planet. Yes, and, and also defining, defining sustainability because it means different things to different people. And I think the interesting thing in having all these people from different disciplines together is um, that some things happen which are completely un- unexpected and new ideas are surfacing and people are making um, fusions and um, hybrid um, solutions to all sorts of um, issues which were seen as problems but in effect can become opportunities. Now, if we take sort of films like the, the Age of Stupid, The Guardian's running a 2010 campaign, there's talk of the road to Copenhagen at the end of the year, government actions, different countries' actions. Are you an optimist or, or a pessimist if it comes to us finding a solution? I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic, as a matter of fact, and I think that um, potentially climate change and the fact that people are bringing their attention to um, this issue as an emergency creates a potential opportunity for Africa as a continent. Um, And I think the fact that there are so many people from Africa, of African descent, who are outside the continent at the moment, um, but still have links back to um, their cities and their villages creates an opportunity for the world to learn and change, which I think is unprecedented. So what you're doing on that lake in Ghana might have ripples throughout the world eventually? Yes, not to put too fine a point on it. Um, Yes, I mean, the fact that we're taking technology which has been developed in Holland, um, where um, the idea now is not to, to try and prevent water coming in, but actually to build with the notion that land will flood and accommodate flood and to make that almost um, an important feature of the master plan is something that we're hoping to take to Ghana and we hope might find some kind of echo in the work that's being done elsewhere in Africa. With somebody or from somebody who's very optimistic, it's been lovely to talk to you. Uh, Thank you very much indeed, Elsie Awosu, for talking to the Global Water Initiative, Implications of Climate Change and Variability on African Water Resources podcast series today. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you. And we will find those solutions. We definitely will.